Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. On this podcast, I talk with my friend Christina about her recent birth of her third baby, Veda, at home. Christina has been featured on another one of my podcasts, Christina's HBAC, which we recorded after her second baby's birth. He was her primary home birth after cesarean, and his prenatal story is one of the most fascinating. You can find that podcast in our archives. You can also read that story of hers in our book, Indie Birth, A Story of Radical Birth Love. I love and adore this woman for her strength, her humor, and for inspiring and teaching me. Be sure to check out those other resources. They'll give you a more solid sense of Christina and her past history. I hope you enjoy listening. So I'm here with Christina. I'm so glad we get to do this podcast sitting on the same couch. Me too. <laughs> Last time we were dealing with weird video things. Mm-hmm. Um, but so honored to have her here in my little space. And I don't know. We're just going to jump in. She's just going to start where she wants to start. And we're going to see what happens. All right. Let's do it. Um, so this birth story is about my third baby. And um, in this awesome undisturbed pregnancy that I got to have this time, which mm, I which was right. totally new for me. Um, and so it kind of begins where I left off with my second born uh, home birth at home, uh, you know, after a C-section. And that journey of him transforming my ideas of everything, really, mm. and, um, and all these spirit babies that kind of came to me and knowing I was going to have more and um and being so excited that I would be, I would be able to walk with you again pregnant and not have any of those disturbances yeah so, you had a lot I mean I'm sure people will review if they don't remember all mm-hmm. your second pregnancy that must have been wild wasn't yeah. with you for most of it but yeah so um so like where do I begin? It's like uh, so yeah. I I I planted Shasta's placenta when he turned a year old, and that was really powerful because when I planted his placenta, the next morning I I was on my moon, and mm. this was the first time that I got to have that relationship with the earth, and to to have that experience and be reminded how connected we are to the earth was super exciting to me, and I was really excited because now I you know, can use my moon and I can actually, you know, um, intentionally get pregnant and, uh, and, you know, track all of that stuff was so new to me. Um, and so I uploaded some kind of an app and I was so excited. I had one cycle (laughs) and then, um, I got a random text from you actually on one morning where you said you had dreamt that I delivered a baby boy and I thought, oh, that's so wild because I just had my first probably ovulation. And mm-hmm. I checked my app and I was ovulating that very day. And I thought, 
Oh my gosh, I I think I'm pregnant. (laughs) This is just too much of a coincidence to have you, you know, my dear friend, but also my midwife telling me you're dreaming of that while I'm having my first ovulation since you've known me is wild. So on on many levels, I, I knew at that time that I was probably pregnant. I was probably carrying a baby boy and it was probably going to be an easy uh, labor. All these kind of thoughts came to me, but I just let it go. And um, and this was new to me because usually with pregnancies, um, obviously I would go get an ultrasound. I would want to take like multiple tests. I would, but I really went immediately with the uh, intuition and relationship that you and I have, you know, been blessed to have. And yeah. Um, and I did take a P test after a few weeks and, um, and it was positive, but I still was in this place of unknowing and, um, and I was so excited to be able to have a pregnancy with you, like not, you know, being guided by the medical system, um, you know, with ultrasound at eight weeks, 16 weeks or whatever, and just really getting to have like a spiritual pregnancy. Yeah. And that's. Yeah, for yourself. I know how important it was and how excited you were to do it that way. Yeah, I was so excited. But it did, it it led to a lot of unknowing and and not being sure about like, um, you know, am I or am I not until I was showing. And that was um, an important thing, I think, in this pregnancy, the unknown and not wanting to put anything on the baby, like as far as gender and Mm. um, names and I really tried to create a separate world like and really honor the separate world of the child growing within Um, even though in the back of my mind I still had these assumptions that like it's gonna be super easy and you know it's probably (laughs) a boy but you know whatever I just but I really tried to just honor and grow this baby um, and give it the space and I think that that was kind of an important thing at the time because that was when the whole COVID thing happened. Mm -hmm. And so we were dealing with this kind of these new world, the new world coming into effect and these spirits that are choosing to be born right now. um, It's, it's just a whole, whole new world. So um, yeah. So not, not having any disturbance was pretty cool for me. Um, and it was an easy pregnancy, and it just kept going and going, and eventually, <laughs> it kept going. Right. So you were due. What did you have? May first. I I had like somewhere. I knew enough to just generalize the due date, so I May just 10th. said early May. Right. Okay. So I forgot. So yeah, somewhere between May first and May eighth. Right. And for some reason, I thought maybe I was going to go early. I don't know if this is just something mm. that women say to themselves, maybe right. hoping. Um, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so that was a mistake because I thought oh, probably late April, I, but my actual due date's probably somewhere in May, early May. Right. But those days came and, and went, <laughs> and it just kept kind of dragging on. So an easy, easy pregnancy, but at that very last run, it literally ran on. So I, I was um, probably due May. I don't know, fourth on technical term, like terminology of whatever you assume your due date is based on my ovulation and all of that. Right. And then the birth was the first of June. So it's a long month I bet for you. It was a very long month. Yeah. And, uh, 
And it was re- that was really the most challenging because not knowing at the beginning, it kind of came back to full circle at the end of like, wait, mm. wait, am I just getting really enormous? And <laughs> I mean, obviously I feel the baby, you're checking on the baby, but at a certain point it did get very uncomfortable where it was like, am I going to deliver this baby? Yeah, this, like ever. Yeah. Right. Those days, um, they, I mean, they're so far away now that, you know, she's seven months, but those were really hard. At a certain point, it was like, you wake, it felt like Groundhog Day, like the movie where you wake up every day and it's Christmas, but like instead it's, you wake up every day and you're still pregnant. And, um, and that was getting really frustrating. And yeah. Yeah. You were checking in on me and. Yeah. I was thinking this morning. I should have gone back and like looked at all of our text messages just because you really get in a bubble. Like even as the midwife, you get into a bubble with someone where you have to stay calm. You have to stay grounded and like purely looking to you for all of it, really. Like, here's what we can do. We can come check on you. Mm -hmm. We can reassure you like you are going to have a baby, Um, but always looking to you in like, is there something that needs to be addressed? You know, right. do you want any additional testing? Like, is this when you're going to opt for that biophysical profile? You know, right. I didn't care for me, but I knew it was hard. I mean, it was very hard for you. And most women would not have the patience right. that you did. To not want any of those tests. Like, yeah. that w- and, and to make sure I'm not being stubborn. Like, to really check in, am I mm. being stubbornly against doing those because I right. wanted to have this free? Right, right pregnancy the dogma yeah Yeah. but at the same time I did check in and I knew and like every every night I would sit outside and um and and the moon was actually uh waxing at this point there was Mm. like some major super moon it was growing and growing and I I just I could feel that energy and then once it started waning again I was like wait I was supposed to have this baby now and that so now what now I'm going checking back in and like Every time at night, I would just kind of like reset by mm-hmm. going outside and grounding myself and looking up at the moon and, and feeling like we were really connected to the baby at those times and really feeling like I was I was getting that affirmation of it's okay. It's yeah. all okay. And I could totally feel the baby moving. And, sure. and I knew, I just had this feeling like if anything actually is wrong, it's not it has nothing to do with the fact I still haven't gone into labor at 42 weeks, you know? And yeah. So, I mean, did I cry and, and and scream sometimes? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, but yeah, at the end it was really just being patient and allowing the journey to unfold and trusting that it was all okay. Yeah. And then, um, and then, and I didn't, the other thing too was the suggestions that other people would have. So like, um, you know, my mother checking in and that was where, that was kind of an important thing to hit on because, um, my mother's birth experiences, all of our mother's birth experiences <laughs> come into ours totally. and, um, and my brother who's closest in age with me, um, had a really traumatic, um, birth and he was born very, very late and, um, she had undiagnosed gestational diabetes or whatever you know or maybe real diabetes real diabetes definitely um and he was born really large and she had always kind of wished that she ended up having a c-section that her doctor checked in and you know all of those things because of the way he was born um late 
caused so much trauma at his birth. Like, mm-hmm. um, the doctors tugged on his neck, um, and by tugging, they broke, like, uh, a vocal cord, and oh, wow. he and they broke his right shoulder. Um, he wasn't breathing when he was born. Wow. For minutes, they... Wow. they you know, so my father and my mother said the our father in the operating, you know, in the room while the doctors were trying to revive him and they did revive him. But that story was a shadow sure. and, and I was pretty good at like just throwing it to the side, but it was somewhere, of course. Yeah. And, and your mom, did she keep telling you it when you were waiting? Like she didn't remember? She, no, she brought it up one time, but mm. it didn't matter because I knew it was there. Like I knew, yeah. I knew the it whole was time. Conscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, but she really, um, actually really has a lot of respect for you and, and a lot of trust in me yeah. and knowing that, um, like my experience is different based on you know my last um, birth, so she really backed off, and I, mm-hmm. I'm really grateful for that. But I don't think it matters. I think that that is in my system, totally. my blood. So right. that's just the way it goes. Um, so there was a part of me at certain points that thought maybe I should you know go on a bumpy road just to move things along. Right, like you know? last time. Yeah, or and maybe I should, uh, you know, get those acupuncture spots or whatever or eat spicy foods. or. But actually, I, I still didn't want to do any of that. I really did just want to have truly, like, the natural experience in allowing the, yeah. the journey to unfold. So, um, yeah, but my waters did break early. and Before labor. Yeah. Yeah, but how many weeks... Were you at that point, do you think? I think I was 43 weeks. Yeah. You know, and so we did start having more conversations on, well, how do you really really feel? Because ultimately, like, if I am holding any space of fear, it's going to affect everything anyway. Right. And you had suggested the chiropractor. Right. And I, like, would have gone to her probably... Uh, throughout my pregnancies but because of the distance right. i just i had excuses but those excuses are still part of sure. me my choice my choices yes and so you know i think it's important too to to um reflect on the fact that the chiropractor is not it's not like just the physical it's obviously the metaphysical and there was sure. obviously something blocking right. and so whenever somebody suggests a chiropractor to me i think of it from a body a bodily like physical term right but that might have been why i held off and didn't go before and then that day mm. i had been my waters had been open for i don't know 3 or 4 maybe 4 days i think Mm. And um, and that day, I decided, yeah, what is wrong? I've got to figure this out. I gotta, you know, maybe work with somebody. I can't do it myself. When it comes to physical therapy, I usually am very good at dealing with my body because I was in that line of work. So I, I have a an issue with giving over my power in that way totally, to me somebody too. else. Yeah. So, but I had decided that day, mm. and um, you texted me. Um, a card you had pulled. Oh, that's right. And it was like um, divine uh, femininity and it was wisdom over fear. And that's it, right. It was like all I needed in that Didn't moment. Didn't it have a number or and something? It did. It had 11 on it. Hmm. And it was this beautiful goddess and, and it just made me smile and I thought, yeah, wisdom over fear. Like that's a good way to start out this day because I know there's nothing wrong right, right now. So it's just another day. 
my waters, yes, are open, but we're making sure, like, I'm not doing, you know, nothing's right. coming. You knew, you knew yeah. how to deal I, with that. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I was like, it was like a new day. I went and I sat outside, started chomping on ice, felt like an enormous circus freak. <laughs> I've been pregnant forever, wondering what the neighbors are thinking. And then you know, contractions finally started. Yeah. And I was super excited. And I had yelled out to my eight-year-old son and let him know that this is happening finally. And, yeah. You know, my husband's at work, but... I know these things can take time, so I didn't want to rush. I gave you a heads up so right. that you knew that, like, hey, something's finally happening. Because, yeah. like, my waters have been open for days. I'm 43 weeks <laughs> pregnant, but I feel like I'm, like, 56 weeks pregnant. And finally, yay. Totally. Something's happening. And I felt like it that day with that card, even. It was, like, it felt like today's the day. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it's really cool because uh, that day the numerology did end up, or it was yeah, her, the numerology is eleven for yeah, that's so cool. that birthday. So that's really awesome. That's so cool. Well, we didn't know how fast it would be either. I mean, you never know. Yeah, but Shasta's birth was pretty fast for like <clears throat> a primary V back. So yeah. I think we were all a little like Everybody, on edge too, like yes. wanting to make sure we made it there with you. Yes, and that, and yeah, I don't know where these ideas come from because obviously, like any every birth is different, but, <laughs> right? But like I totally thought, yeah, this baby is gonna. But at this point, because of my journey in that last you know month of pregnancy, right. which was like almost felt like an extra month of pregnancy, A whole trimester, <laughs> yeah, it felt like um, my lesson was just like anything's possible at this point. So yes, I think I'm gonna have a fast one, but you know it might not be a fast labor at all right and so i did let you know so that we could have like like kind of just like yay you know something's finally happening and um but i don't want you to rush over here yeah and but i mean i think when i texted you it it was only a few hours later that i was actually in active labor yeah i mean it it kind of was fast if Mm -hmm. i remember i'm i mean not from not that you have to agree from your perspective but I feel like, yeah, all of a sudden you were like, oh my God, I nursed Shasta and yeah. like now it's real. And I have had that happen in my labors too. Mm-hmm. Nurse a toddler and yes. suddenly That's you're a good, labor. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it was super sweet because I knew like, I knew that I'm going to have this baby soon and yeah. I've been waiting, I felt like longer than anybody. Anybody ever has. And, uh, and then, yeah, I nursed my two-year-old like one last time knowing that he was going to be the baby of the family and I took a quick snapshot of the boys like eating lunch together and, and, and we folded clothes. Like my labor at that point, it was intense, but it was enough to work through. Yeah. And it was a sweet memory that I get to keep of me just, you know, my husband's at work and, you know, you guys aren't there yet. And it's just me with my boys. And it was really special. That's so cool. um, and my oldest son, he, you know, is no pro, but he was there for the last home birth. Yeah. So he set up um, my, I call it the pregnancy catwalk with all the, <laughs> the pet pads everywhere. And he took out all Aww. these precious stones from the tent for the women's ceremonies we have, and he put them in my space, and it was really special. Um, but things got intense very fast. Yeah. And yeah, as soon as I nursed Shasta, like, it was on. And yeah. I-, I called my husband, and he was, I kept telling him to take his time coming home, but then 
by I think it was four thirty. Yeah. In the afternoon, and I said, "Yeah, it's time." You well, and he texted me, and he was yeah. like, "I don't even remember what he said, but I trusted him." And I was like, "Oh gosh, now no one's there. Yeah. Like he's rushing from work." So I remember being on the phone and being like, "Okay, well, I gotta go yeah. right now. Bye." Yeah, and and Bodhi too was like. Well, what's going to happen? Am, am I going to catch the placenta? Like he was way, cons- he was super concerned with the placenta for some reason, That's like funny. more than the baby. Um, but I just needed somebody really home at that point to, to help me with the toddler. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and, and you guys, I think Wayne got home, took, took Shasta off of me and then just let me do my thing. And yeah. you were there probably an hour later. Yeah. And you were just doing your thing. I was just doing it. And um, the way that I labor so far is just going into my space in, in my bathroom. Yep. And I like it very dark. And I don't really even want my husband there. Like yeah. he comes in and it feels good when he brings me water or he's checking on me. But for in this new arrangement with having also a toddler, I just didn't really want Shasta around because he is a lot of clinginess and right. and I just needed to focus and I mean it's just a lot of inward stuff yeah. and then once you guys were there I felt kind of guilty because I was able to kind of talk through some like in between contractions which I didn't have with Shasta mm-hmm. and I thought oh no you guys are going to be like waiting around I was nervous that you would be I know that's the worst like yeah. I don't like feeling that way either. I always feel bad when people feel that way, but I mean, there's nothing. We, no. we know that you're going to have a baby yeah. soon, so we yeah. don't care. Well, that was the thing. I was surprised by how far along I was when you got there. Because yeah. I, I thought, it, you know, I think my water broke and I looked up and like Ashley was in the room and I thought, oh, I don't know. It just felt so good that like, I love, I just love you guys so much <laughs> and it's just so awesome because you get to have your experience and know, like, you're they, somebody's there witnessing you, but they're not, like, in your space. Yeah. And I, just, like, my water broke, and somebody got to like witness Like, for real that. broke. Like, for real, making, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it for real broke. And it's just every contraction, knowing, I'm, I, I mean, it's so intense and such, such hard work, but I'm getting there. And every once in a while, to look up and see those that support around you um, was just, it's just so awesome. Yeah. But yeah, you so. were so beautiful. I just remember you like being in your bedroom and like kind of leaning up against your bed and just being so graceful and, you know, knowing that it was getting hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, the yeah. harder it's getting, the closer, the closer you are yeah. and, um, and just really riding those waves. And, and then eventually, um, yeah, I couldn't believe how quickly the sound, like I could tell from my sounding and mm. from my body that the pushing phase is coming. Yeah. And that was really weird too. Like, oh my god, I'm already there. I know. And um, and yeah, and then the head came out, and then the head just came out. <laughs> and then the head came out. Yeah. So with that's this... where that's where the, the yeah. really good part of the story starts. Yeah. So so the head was just there for a very long time. So I could feel the baby moving, and um, and that my body was doing what it needed to do. But then all of a sudden, everything just kind of stopped. And, um, and time just stood still, but like really didn't. I mean, it was five to seven minutes mm-hmm. and the baby's head was there. And in that space and time, I thought about one of the birthing videos that you have on Indie Birth mm. with um, one of the mamas in our community. And 
I, from that video, I learned a valuable thing that that can happen. The head can be stuck and everything can be okay. Yeah, because it's actually not stuck. It's just a baby that hasn't rotated yet. Right. So head can be out, but everything's fine. Right. And we're not, we're not panicking. We're just waiting. So that's... Yeah, no one was thinking? no one was panicking, and I don't know. Maybe if I hadn't seen that video, maybe I would have been like, "Oh my god, there's a head just hanging out of me," and mm-hmm. you know, no contraction following, and mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then as time was ticking, I think uh, that's when you had asked, like, "Do you want help?" Because it became obvious after many um, positions. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I was rewatching it this morning, and even though it's dark, you were so intuitive and you were just moving like you knew you needed to move like there was no other Mm -hmm. way to describe it like all kinds of ways with your hips and positions yeah um you knew she needed you to do something yeah so we weren't all just like watching you sit in one position no no there was like the the runner's pose there was squatting there was standing up holding the door yeah i was really just trying to help her but there was no contractions yeah. too which was really confusing to me because of probably my first birth where they were telling me to push mm. when i wasn't in a contract didn't have any contractions right. so that i don't know maybe i should have pushed in those times i don't like that's the only question i think in like, when i look at the videos and i think about it is like was was i supposed to push more like could i pushed harder to get mm. her out but she was stuck yeah well, and you ended up pushing without contractions just yeah. because you needed to. And why they stopped, I mean, I don't have the answer. You know, I think your body is really smart. And I think whatever was, whatever communication was going on between you and Veda, you know. But I have the same question. I'm like, oh, maybe we should have, like, done a better job stimulating more contractions. Um, but, yeah, she wasn't coming. Yeah. And you were doing all the things that... Just in a normal, simple birth, you know, you wouldn't even have to do. Babies come even when, you know, moms are perfectly right. still. Right. That's what, it, that's, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely aware of that. Like, if you're in, like, a coma, you still deliver a baby. So yeah, I, the baby I makes trusted the rotation. that. I mm-hmm. trusted, definitely trusted. But, yeah, and then when you asked, I knew, well, if you're asking and you're looking, you're seeing, and I could kind of feel, too, because her head, she was, like, really trying to get out. Yeah. And then I could kind of feel her stop trying to get out. Yeah. And that was probably when you asked, like, do you want help? And, of course, in that moment, I'm like, definitely, you know, whatever we need to do right now, it needs to happen. And and even when you, when you went in to help get her out it took a lot longer i remember in that that was the one spot where i probably actually had kind of a little bit of fear yeah because i was like i just kind of thought you would be able to kind of like get her out fast right but the finesse or whatever it was to rotate right because it was her arm yeah yeah it was her shoulder yeah so to add, I guess my memory is, yeah, you like working pretty hard, being intuitive, but not a lot of change happening. Mm-hmm. But the whole while, you know, we're watching her color and whatnot, and she was looking fine. So in my mind, it was like, okay, there's no need to panic. There's no need to like jump in there and mm-hmm. stick hands up places like Christina's going to do it. And I think I kept saying to you like, 
okay, her shoulder's going to come. Like, it's coming. It's going to yeah. come. Come on. Like, come on, baby. Yeah. And yep. then I went behind you because the head you had moved and the head was out behind you. And I wish we had that on video, but we don't because mm-hmm. Ashley kind of stayed in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went behind you and I had the flashlight and she was looking good. And you did some more positions and then she wasn't. And it was like literally just like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. there was no question in my mind. It wasn't even like an intellectual Mm-hmm. Like it was just connection, I think, with you and your baby, and being like, okay, well, now's yeah, the time. Now's, yeah. Like we were all so perfectly patient. Mm-hmm. You did everything mm-hmm. you could have done, and then she was asking. I think. I think she was so like, too. Okay, now help. Yeah. Now help. Totally. Me. And and yeah, and then when you were then when she was out, and you said, okay, grab grab your baby. Um, I just remember. Like, for some reason, I brought her to, to the right side. She was kind of coming up the right side, and um, and she was so floppy. She was very, very and floppy. She was not, she was not in her body nope. in any way. And, I, I mean, I think at that time, we all, like, kind of exited our body. Like, I feel like we were either in a protective bubble in that space and time with the three of us, mm. well, four of us, and... um or we all just transported out of our bodies. Like, we all were not in our bodies. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like, maybe just what happens when your baby isn't, I mean, she was technically alive because you listened to her heart, mm-hmm. um, but she wasn't like in her body, her spirit. I could feel it, but yeah. again, there was no fear. I think like I, I didn't have any fear in that space because I could feel her her presence. Mm-hmm. I could feel her spirit, and it was there. So I knew it was okay. Yeah. And um and yeah, and then you calmly gave me some instructions on how to resuscitate her, and I gave her breath, and there was still not much going on, and then a few more, a little bit more going on, and then. Ashley had said, um, I know she had a similar experience. And so she said, um, uh, give more breath than you think you need to. And when she said that, I finally got back into my body of like, okay, I really got to, I got to get into this, (laughs) you know? And I went to like the depths of myself. I went to the depths of my soul and Mm -hmm. I literally breathed in I breathed my soul into her and and she make me cry yeah I know oh and I I mean I know like being there with you and that's where I feel like I don't even have words like it's not my story but because I was part of it you know I had an experience too like and I don't have words for what it felt like and even watching the video, it's like we could talk about, like, this happened at this time, and mm-hmm. this is when she was born, and all of the, like, technical notes. But just being there with you and feeling, like, how grounded you were, even though you say maybe you left your body, and, like, mm-hmm. maybe you left to go get her, yeah, you know? But once you were, like, you had claimed her, mm-hmm. you were so calm, and it felt like it was all right. Like, we were just watching you. Yeah. Call her in. Well, that's, it's like, to me, I mean, I obviously did end up having the exact birth 
that my mother had with my brother. Yeah, so not weird, right? Right. It, but it wasn't, it was like this in and out. It wasn't in a hospital. It was in my home. Mm-hmm. And you guys were holding the space. Like my mother and my father saying they're our father. You guys were just holding the space with your positive light and energy. Mm-hmm. And I was, instead of the doctor, I was... I was resuscitating my baby. I was bringing her in the way. Mm. It, I mean, I feel like uh, I cleared this like karmatic thing that um, I. I mean, I didn't. Veda did. She came here to do that, and of course, like I, you know, looked, peeked at her, um, her little yoni, <laughs> you know, for like a second. But not until I knew she was alive. Like, for the longest time, she was just a baby, a mm. floppy baby, my floppy baby. Yeah. And then to see that she was this little baby girl, you know, after finally she was in her body. And I was like, oh, of course, like, us us women, we have to, <laughs> we have to clear. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure men do this, too. But, like, and boys are sent here to do some crazy work, too. But for me, this was like, totally. this was... This was the daughter I really wanted so badly for so long. Like, I mean, I love all my children so much. But, like, the the daughter I didn't really think I was going to have. I know. And here she is, and this is her journey. And, and, I mean, yeah. And my lesson, too, is that, like, sometimes things don't work out easy. And, like, sometimes you aren't as blessed as I was. In that space. And I do feel like she is everything good that I've ever done. And I was blessed to be able to bring her back in. Because just she is literally every prayer, every mantra, every every everything good I've ever done. Yeah. She's so beautiful. And seriously, that was witnessing you and being in that space with you was just one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And I wish, I don't wish necessarily, you know, resuscitation on anyone. I don't Mm -hmm. mean that, but like to have that blessing as a midwife, to see you in your power strengthens my trust in birth and in women and just makes me love you so much. And just like reminds me that there's a bigger picture at work, you know? That we all do what we can to help, but you as the mother were the one that needed to do. Mm-hmm. And even if you had been alone, you would have figured out, you would have known what to do. But you had to be the one to call her in. Yeah, I definitely feel like that, yeah. There could have, maybe, it could have went a different way even. Sometimes I, I think that, like you're like our energy and is so powerful and like the choices we make are so powerful and um yeah i mean sometimes the outcomes just don't happen the way you want them to and um but it doesn't really matter it's like the after fact like rewiring it in whatever way you need to mm-hmm. so that it actually isn't like you're not a victim totally. you're never a victim of any of the circumstances totally. and i think like this is just an, an example and and every um experience in our day-to-day life we're supposed to kind of do that you know totally. 
totally. I've had people say, oh my gosh, that's such tra- that sounds so traumatic, her birth. And I'm like, what do you mean? I don't see it as traumatic at all. I don't, I, like in a negative way. I don't, right. it was, it was, yeah, powerful. And um, it was intense. It was intense. And, and I feel so blessed. I would never want it to be, have been any other way. And it's just like, it's it's just a matter of perspective, maybe. Some people would be like, whoa, they, they, they couldn't have handled that, maybe. And that's why that didn't happen to them. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's so many great discussions there. You know, I think trauma is one of them, and just our perspective and how we see our role in difficult things that happen in life, you know? Um, but also, your birth, I feel like, totally not only taught me so much, but also prepared me for my own birth for real because watching you like in your power in a situation where a lot of people would have been like, Oh man, like that would have sucked. Mm -hmm. Um, feels a lot like my birth, you know, where I had to also like find you find your power in difficult moments and you still claim it as yours because you realize it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what, you know, clinical story someone wants to tell about it. Mm -hmm. Um, You owned it. You completely owned every second. It's true. Like, I feel like during your, the birth, it's, you are an open portal, you know, to like your higher consciousness and whatever you choose, you are right. You, it's you, it's you, your body, your baby, and whatever you choose. Right. So, yeah. Well, when you're not, I think, and I think this is part of it is like, you're not looking to anyone to save you. And like, that's never been our relationship. And I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful. And I feel like I don't really work with people that do feel that way. But, you Mm -hmm. know, you had us there as support and guidance and yes, experience, but you weren't looking for anyone to do anything for you. Um, And I think that is really amazing. Yeah, well, that's. You know, that's what your whole, like, 13 moons prepares you for, right? Like, that's the whole... Yeah, but in that moment, like, it's Mm -hmm. hard, and I think we both know that. Yeah. Like, I felt that way, even a tiny bit in my own birth, being like, oh my god, can't someone save me from this awful thing that's happening? Even though, you know, like, no, there's actually not. Like, this is my path, and it's a solitary path, even with, like, your best women sisters Mm -hmm. with you. I know. I'm amazed by some women that like can have like birthing parties and stuff. Like I, I don't know. I that's like that's a lot a, of people. And they and they can successfully deliver a baby and it feels good to them. But yeah, for me, no, it it is. It's it's all it's all in me and I know that and I feel very blessed that I get to have the support. I mean, there was a woman I met recently who was like, "Oh, you were 43 weeks oh my gosh and I said well yeah I mean maybe that's not technically normal but we don't really know what's normal because it's only what's allowed right and I feel that's where like I am super blessed to have you as my midwife because I don't I there I don't have anybody standing over me and saying well you're like I I mean obviously if there was something wrong that you knew or that I was missing, you might bring it up in a way that, hey, you know, you might want to get this looked at or, you know, I trust your clinical and scientific skills, you know, so that's just a separate side note. But, like, ultimately, it's about, like, just walking the path. 
so that other women can know that there is no real normal. So right. like when it comes to like 43 weeks or waters open, I mean, it's the unknown. Yeah. It's the unknown and I think the way midwives often get into kind of like domineering the situation, you know, is because women don't often trust themselves as much as you do. You know, and sometimes there's not even the relationship between the two women Mm -hmm. that makes it all something to understand. Like, I wouldn't have dreamed of telling you, like, go do this thing. It was just like, these things are your options. You know, if you're feeling like you want anything, then I'm going to support you in that. And if you're not, and I certainly didn't have the feeling anything was wrong, Mm -hmm. but it was strange for you because you've had, you know, Shasta came around the date you had and... Mm -hmm. You know, I know Bodhi did. So it was like just uncharted territory. What do you do with that? Yeah. You know, and you don't want to be one of those people. I think you kind of said this, like, just trust because you decided you were going to trust. And God forbid you ask for help because, you know. Right. It's hard to navigate that. It is. That's that's why your birth is really, that's your birth story is so inspiring in that way. Because it really is hard to know, like, wait again is this a different kind of ego thing like it's right. like diving deeper into your truth is really a challenging right. thing i mean You're like why do i want this thing right is it so i look a certain way right so i like don't disappoint other people mm-hmm. you know or am i just freaking scared to like go ask for help because i think that's a lot of women yeah you know if they were 43 weeks they're like oh god i'm not gonna go there because right. i'm just gonna dream up something right to keep me there well, it's funny because it is both birth journeys that I've had um, recently, because Bodie's <laughs> was a while ago, but they, it does end up becoming about, like, I realize how pathetic it is to care what other people think and how much that impacts everything, but especially birth, because there's this, like, life on the line kind of thing. Like, well, you're responsible for this life, and, and you are, but, like, it it's no one else's business. Right. You know, it really isn't. Right. And but, no one else is responsible in that way. Right. But it is still, oh my gosh, what, like, the, like what do I care that my neighbors think I'm a, some kind of a circus freak because I'm, uh, you know, they thought I was having a baby a couple weeks ago and I barely even know them, but I'm just right. concerned with what they think. Right. Or And of course, like family, like, yeah, that's, that's a ton of pressure because, you know, it just automatically is. It's, it's it's there in the sidelines and it affects everything so it's it's hard to clear that but it's important to do that yeah yeah it's so important to clear and then i think there are things that can only be cleared in the way that you experience them too don't you think yeah like with you needing to clear that for your family like through actual experience mhm yeah i feel definitely it's, I mean, I feel like the journey, the birth, the birthing journey is just, it's, it's like, I'm so, I'm so honored to be able to have these experiences and, um, yeah, they're just profound. Yeah. And walking the uncharted too is some, like, like I kind of joked like, well, if I ever do it again, you know, this whole pregnancy and having a baby thing again, I, uh, I hope. I, you know, there's no more, you know, any, just, I want a boring story. No more funny business. Yes. (laughs) But then do I really, you know, I have like, 
I don't know because I feel like I love that. Like it's it's a blessing to to get to dive deeper into my evolution. It's it's awesome. And honestly, you sharing your stories like Shasta's is equally as powerful in a different way. So again, if people haven't heard that, just what you what you went through in his pregnancy always blows my mind. And I share it all the time because I'm always like, this was the most amazing woman I ever met. I remember meeting you and just being like, how has she put up with this? And how is this going to go? You know, like I had so many just admirations for you. So just a, I'm a stubborn Italian. <laughs> well, me too. So yeah, two of us. I, I don't know. I mean, I, like, yeah. Yeah. But there are some women too, like you said, you know, this isn't everyone's story. Lots of people, most people mm-hmm. do just kind of have uneventful births, but well, and I'm not going to speak for you. So I want to hear you talk about it. But like, if you believe too, that birth is a spiritual experience and it's more than this physical and it's like doing all these amazing things and like putting you in touch with your ancestral line. It's like it could be boring, but then the stories that are more complicated mm-hmm. seem like they just belong. Yeah, they have to be like it's like a, it's also clearing the ancestral like uh, karma, but it's also like your legacy you know, like I know that now Veda has yeah. my birth story in her. That's so cool. And and not even her, like all of our sisters, all of our blood sisters, totally. all of us. Like when I plant her placenta, I truly believe that has that information that I'm too. giving to the earth, yeah. you know, and, and then the earth recycles it back to, you know, the next generation. And so we kind of, we have to have these experiences for all of us. It's the collective really. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I guess in a way it is like the the whole idea of being a birth warrior. Mm-hmm. It is, it truly is what we get to be. And yeah, an uneventful birth in that moment would be great, but I wouldn't be here, you know, seven months later, still like glowing from it. Like, I mean, yeah. and, and my, my connection with her is, is really awesome and and definitely unique and I mean that's I don't know it's just yeah that's what it needed to be Mm -hmm. yeah well not to end on a boring note but I wanted to add a couple of like clinical notes because people had had some questions prior when I said we were going to talk about this just about shoulder dystocia Mm -hmm. um where to start with that well I want to keep it brief but you know, you can't really anticipate that. And she wasn't a huge baby. So that's sometimes a myth people right. have. They're like, oh, you know, I'm scared of that because I had a big baby. And mm-hmm. you know, your mother did. Right. She and did. you were, I think, right. You were like concerned, like, oh, gosh, I hope I don't have a huge baby because yeah. I'm 43 weeks. Yeah, I had that somewhere. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I forget about that, but there was a, a yeah, there was a time where I was like, Ooh, maybe this is an enormous baby, but, but no, yeah, I knew she, yeah. Well, no. But she was bigger than the boys. She was like, she was, a yeah, pound, yeah, a she was, bigger, right? she was, 
uh, actually a lot bigger than Shasta. She was seven uh, pounds, fourteen ounces. Or yeah, something like I think that. I like, thought so yeah, too. she was almost eight, eight pounds. pounds. Yeah. yeah. So for you, that was bigger than you had experienced for yes. sure. Yeah. But you know, not not an eleven pounder or anything. So it's just an interesting. It's another kind of interesting thing between her connection and Shasta's because Shasta, it was, there was so much stress over him <laughs> being too small. Right. And, right, um, and so then, you had that theme too that yeah. you like obliterated. And the medical world, they say an eight pound baby is like the normal, the average. Right. So it's funny that like, you know, she's like my big baby and right. she's the, you know, the normal one. Right, you know? the normal one. <laughs> yeah, so she wasn't huge. She was just a nice sized baby. Yeah. Um, and so, right, you can't really anticipate that. Although when I was rewatching the video... It seemed like, or maybe I was trying to remember, so I could be wrong, just that maybe she did crown kind of slowly, but it was so dark and my memory isn't the best for that many months ago uh, because the video starts when her head is out. Mm -hmm. So her head was out for quite a while, but like we talked about, there wasn't a lot of change. And then when she wasn't looking good, it was like six minutes in, I think. And yeah, her shoulder was stuck. Um, presumably, and I mean, we don't know exactly where, I guess, like on your pubic bone. So you were on like hands and knees and then I released her posterior shoulder from, you know, where there's kind of space in there, like in your sacrum area, just kind of had to go in and like press it down without hurting her enough to give room to then remove the arm. So I think it took like 30 seconds. Like you said, it wasn't just like, oh, she's right there. Right, and, right. But I mean, that makes sense because something was holding her up. Right. You know, that's, and that's how I that in that too makes me very grateful that I'm not like a free, uh, a free birther yeah. I'm, to use those kind of terms. But because um, I feel like I was glad that you were there to do that. Like, I, I don't know, honestly, if I if I could have gone in there and stuck my hand in and, no, you know, I, I don't. It's the one thing. And, you know, not to make this a lecture on, on shoulder dystocia, I think for yeah. people that are like really wanting to learn, you know, go to midwifery school. So we're just mm-hmm. kind of covering the basics, but that was actually one of the questions that someone had asked in anticipation of this mm-hmm. um, about free birth and, you know, anything's possible. Right. And I'd mm-hmm. love to think like, kind of that image of a mom lifting her a car to save her kid right like we come up with weird ways of moving our bodies and doing stuff if we needed to however uh, shoulder dystocia to be resolved by the mother herself is near impossible wow i mean right like how could any of us over a pregnant belly I don't know. I mean, you'd follow your instinct, but there are situations and there have been for sure, like anything Mm -hmm. where, you know, babies don't get out because there is no one. And so I'm not saying that to like make myself a hero. I mean, whatever. It's just, you can't resolve that that yourself. Yeah. I don't know how I, I don't, I don't know. Cause I, I didn't at all think of doing a free birth, you know, with this pregnancy, but like with Shasta, it was my only other option because I, before I had met you. I thought like I wanted a vaginal birth and the the medical world was giving me a hard time on it. And so I'm just going to go home totally. and do it myself. And totally. There are so many women that do that. I know. And but at the and I've never like been the person to like look at my cervix and like I. So who am I going to how am I going to deliver my own baby? Really? I mean, there's so much more than just 
being intuitive and trusting your body right. when things don't go right, right, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think in a situation that's a true shoulder dystocia, there's just pure mechanics at play. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, yeah, I think the spiritual story is the most important, you mm-hmm. know, especially with you. Like, that makes the perfect sense, the most perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're just talking about, like, purely logistics, right. you couldn't anticipate that you would be one of the rare people you know, where your baby would get wedged in there in just the right spot. Right. Know, my baby got wedged in there in just a weird spot too. Right. Different, different picture. So anyway, I don't know. It, it is. To me, it's, it is one of the freakiest things to consider when being on your own um, completely for birth. What and again, would they, so rare. What would a woman do? Like, if she was just called, would you have to be transported if you were by yourself and... I mean, would you call nine? What would you recommend? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, hopefully you'd have help of some kind, like a husband or somebody. And I mean, I do think there are things to know because you could also seriously damage a baby mm-hmm. like your brother was. Right, right. Um, you know, which maybe that kind of damage is still preferable if you get a live baby out of it. So, you know, right. somebody could just go in there and... I don't know. It sounds terrible to think of, um, but you want to be gentle and you want to know what you're feeling for and you want to know what to do. So unless you have that kind of training, uh, I think it would be really hard and different babies have different time limits with what they can withstand, you know, and Mm -hmm. she was kind of, I think we agree. We like gave her the max of patience before she was compromised and obviously she was at least a tiny bit or and or she was sort of in shock Mm -hmm. you know i think resuscitation um yeah can sometimes just be the result of a baby that is just shocked by the experience Mm -hmm. you know and had their blood supply to their heads and all that kind of limited from an impaction like a true impaction but yeah anyway not to babylon or she's just a gemini totally (laughs) i love that that's a great way to end it (laughs) Any last, like, thoughts or themes you want to share? It's I, I such think a great I'm, story. I, I don't know. I think I hit it all um, from my uh, geeky notes. Just about, like, um, choice, I think, really, and trust. And, like, yeah, with, like, home births and in general. Like, just being, I don't know, like, doing the work during your pregnancy, I think, is truly important and i i did that like totally geeked out on it and love it and i i just love the the journey of being pregnant and i think that's why i've gotten to have these great birth stories as well and um and yeah they're not the easiest but to me they're amazing and i'm i'm so blessed so thank you you are you are and they're so inspiring which is why you're like a famous guest on my podcast twice now. Aww. There's I not did, many people I, that have been I, on I, twice. <laughs> at one of the workshops, I did sign sign for some woman. She asked if I, I could sign. I was so excited. That's so cool. Like, that's so funny. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're... I'm so inspired by just this indie birth and the community. And I mean, what you're doing is it's it's changed my life. And it's changing everybody's life that I know you've got the ripple effect going in my own world and I'm not a virtual reality person. So it's not, it's it's in my actual physical life. Oh, that's so cool. And yeah, I'm just so grateful to you. I am so glad you're in my life. Your births have taught me so much and pushed me to trust even more, you know, 
in all the ways that I think we're both talking about that serve women and serve like the highest good, not some like false ideal of Mm -hmm. perfection. Right. You know, like the depths of the journey, um, being present. I don't know. I feel like there's so many other things one day that we'll maybe record and talk about Mm -hmm. because they're all there. And I know you're going to have more experiences at some point. I feel like you will, Mm -hmm. even if it's, I don't know. I don't know. Have more babies or if like you'll be in birth stuff, but I feel like that's I definitely, coming your yeah. way. It is. It's definitely coming my way. Yeah. The birth, the whole world of it. Yeah. There's nothing more important in my mind. I mean, I'm always on the brink of uh, birth and palliative care. Like those mm-hmm. two things are just, that's what we're, the, I mean, what yeah. else is there? The initiations, mm-hmm. the depths of, yeah, all those, yeah, those experiences. So, yeah, and with Veda, she kind of got to have both of those because <laughs> she was not, you yeah. know, it was a true death to rebirth to death to rebirth. It was, yeah, yeah, gosh, I mean, I agree. Yeah. I've, Rune's birth was similar in him entering without his soul in his body mm-hmm. and, on one hand, it's like, I don't wish that on anyone. It's really scary to see your own baby, like, floppy and mm-hmm. white. My, I hope my son's not <laughs> recorded on here. We're getting near lunchtime. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's different. It's just different. I feel like, too, my, my brother, you yeah. know, the one that um, had the similar birth, um, grew up to be quite amazing, too. Sure. So I, I think that there is... It's something kind of special. Obviously, it's not something we want our babies to experience, you know, but I think it's it's kind of special. For me, it was an eye-opener of, like, the fact that we are an avatar. Like, our bodies are just, like, you know, not really us. Sure, yeah, and... right? Like, watching her spirit come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what struck me when I rewatched it this morning because it had been a long time. Um, again, being in it was different. Mm-hmm. But even watching it and seeing how slowly, and she was coming in, and I had made some notes of like, you know, at this minute she was doing this, and at mm-hmm. this minute she was doing this, but she was like definitely coming in. And at one point I said to you, she just needs time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's even just such a cool thing to reflect on. Right. Like, why did she need that time? And how beautiful and patient you were as her mother to give her that time. Because mm-hmm. like you could have panicked. And you could have looked to us and been like, oh, my God, hold my baby. I know. You know, or or whatever that could have looked like where you just didn't allow her process. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think they had just one moment of what do I what do I like? What should I do? And, and yeah. And that was when you said just give her time. And that was and I knew that anyway. But yeah, it was like. And I, I felt that from her. you. It is that there. femininity, too, yeah. that kept coming up during her pregnancy, like the. Um, trying to really embrace like your true femininity is like acceptance in a way. I, I don't know if some people might be annoyed by that thought of femininity as acceptance, but I mean by it more of like the yin versus the yang, the stillness and calmness versus it, like the force. Yeah, and I feel like bir- like the labor is really so much energy you're using that at that mm. point, like you're in your full yin, mother, soft, sweet space. So it was easy and it's intuitively Mm. natural to hold that space of like allowing her in. Yeah. And all of those other like feelings of anxiety are just probably part of like cultural damage, really. 
Yeah. I mean, that's so beautiful. And it even makes me think of the medical influence on something like resuscitation, you know? So I bet there are people listening that maybe want to know more or, you know, maybe have a critique of it. And I think that's something I don't really want to get into. Like Karen Strange is a midwife genius in our world and we all love her and she teaches resuscitation all around the country all around the world um, she's an excellent teacher you know there's so much to thank Karen for um, even just little sayings of hers get in my brain like honestly I had her voice in my brain for Veda's birth because she says things like you know a little more breath for a little more time just like mm-hmm. little things that it's like oh yeah when you're in the heat of the moment and you're in one way panicking you know you have to find what is actually happening here? Like, right. what do we need? But anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is um, it wasn't this picture perfect resuscitation that we're taught mm-hmm. where like you take the baby and they're positioned perfectly on the tray and we're using the bag and mask. And, you know, I'm not going to get into like the people that would critique that. I think I want to say that we have to trust mothers more than we do. Mm-hmm. And training is great. And I'm so grateful to Karen and like all of the people that teach that kind of stuff. But also I think midwives have to be trusting women more and imparting that knowledge even in the moment Mm -hmm. and not kind of like fall back on this medicalized version of there being a right way like you didn't hold her in a position that was like right even like her airway you know if you looked at it a certain way it's like oh but you know what it worked because you did it Mm -hmm. and you had like everything you had everything that was needed so you know, if that wasn't working, of course, you're not going to let a, mo- let, let a yeah. mom just like not help her baby effectively if maybe she is panicking or like maybe she's not very grounded. I'm not saying that. Like mm-hmm. there is a time to maybe swoop in and be like, this is how it's done, right. you know, because right. this baby really needs it. But I think that's an element of midwifery, at least that, um, yeah, it doesn't feel very explored to me. It feels like we can we can get into that medical paradigm and and let that confuse us and and then we save the day and we don't we don't like put it right. on the mother to be like this is your baby call her in like we're we're going to help you right and we'll, you know we'll give her a breath if we need to but we're not going to I don't know it's just not my mode I guess to revert back to the, like the medicalization of a process like that that is so highly spiritual and that you've taken responsibility for so yeah. that's the end of my blab I loved it <laughs> I loved your blab <laughs> Well, it's, I don't know. It just is so important. I don't, I don't, I've never heard of another mother resuscitating her baby other than Ashley, who also did. Mm -hmm. Um, Ashley is my beautiful friend, our beautiful friend Mm -hmm. and student. Anyway, it's just like a funny thing people don't talk about because I think they're afraid of being criticized, Um, you know, but you did it and you did it better than any like professional ever could have done in all the ways that your daughter needed you. Right. And that is where you are just my heroine. No. Yes, you are. You're mine. You are. You are. I love you so much. And I'm so blessed to know you and know your family. You know, your family, all of your kids are just so, so special. So. Yours too. You get to take the last word if you want it. If not, we're going to go get our own babies to nurse here. I know. Mine's probably not very happy. I feel honored to be able to share the story. You know, and yeah. honored that the great spirit brought us together. Yeah. Probably again. <laughs> and um, yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, remember to check out our 13 moons. It's still pay what you will for a little while. I don't know how long. 
indiebirth.org forward slash 13 moons, the number 13. And last but not least, please get on our email list at indiebirth.org with all the censorship that's going on on nearly every platform. It's pretty much the only way that you'll be able to find out what we're doing um, should certain things go down. So not preparing for the worst, but always loving to have your email so we can let you know what's going on. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day.